Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a long time since I've done this. Let's see how it goes. If you have your Bibles, do me a favor, take them out. There may be a Bible in your pew somewhere. If you don't have one, you can open it up. We find ourselves in the gospel today at the end of a very long set of teachings. This warning that we just heard read from the gospels is actually at the end of something. And so what I want to do for a few moments is kind of take us back so that we can understand how this passage fits into a larger narrative. Of course, we're reading at the end in Matthew chapter 7, 15 and following is what we just read. But if you could, I want you to read just a little bit in chapter 8 because it's right at the end of chapter 7 that something happens. The end of chapter 7, verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And the very first verse of chapter 8 says, when he came down from the mountain. You see, this passage about sheep and wolves and false prophets comes at the end of a whole set of teachings, teachings that Jesus began when he went up on the mountain. So you have to go back a few chapters to find out where these teachings started. You have to go back to the beginning of chapter 5. For you see, it's at the beginning of chapter 5, verse 1, that we read, And seeing the multitudes, he being Jesus, went up on a mountain, and when he had seated his disciples, had come to him, and he began to teach them these things. You see, all of chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 is within a larger context of Jesus teaching on a mountain. Now, Jesus had just had a lot of things happen previous to this. I'm going to keep going back. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis and work our way forward. No, we're not going to do that. Kind of, but the way Matthew does it. What you have at the beginning of all of this is Jesus going into the Jordan River, being baptized, just as the Israelites had done when they crossed the Jordan River with Joshua, Joshua, to come into the promised land. Jesus goes into the Jordan River, comes out. He doesn't go into the promised land. Where does he go? He goes into the wilderness. And Jesus accomplishes in 40 days what Israel could not accomplish in 40 years, which was be faithful to the Father. And it's when he comes out of the wilderness, quote-unquote, by Matthew saying, full of the Spirit, that he begins to teach. And what does he teach? He teaches these things that we would be reading in chapter 5, 6, and 7. He would be teaching them, if you were a first-century Palestinian Jew, living under Roman oppression, he would be teaching them from the mountain, which is exactly what you would find in the Exodus story with Moses going up on the mountain, the Exodus story once again coming into play for Matthew, going up into the mountain and coming down and bringing the law. 
Jesus goes up on the mountaintop in chapter 5, 6, and 7 to once again bring to the people of God, the children of Israel, the law. And of course, we see this at, this very, at the very beginning of chapter 5. For in chapter 5, he actually says it. Verse 17, do not think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. So chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the imagery of God once again with his people, bringing the message of the law to the people of God, to a people who had not heard such teachings in a very long time, to a people who had been following after a whole bunch of other prophets and scribes, listening to the Sadducees, listening to the Pharisees, listening to all these various sects talk about how to do the kingdom of God. And here comes Jesus out of the wilderness, full of the Spirit, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come and teaching the people what the kingdom of God looks like. It's only then at the very end of chapters 5, 6, and 7 that we read that we should be weary and be on our guard, guard, excuse me, <clears throat> against wolves who come around. And who are these wolves? These are those in the first century, like the Sadducees, the Pharisees, maybe even other sects like the Zealots, who wanted to bring about the kingdom of God in their own way. They taught the Israelites that the kingdom of God would come through cozying up with Rome, as the Sadducees taught. Or that if you just kept yourself pure and separated from everybody that was evil, that somehow that might somehow bring about the kingdom of God, which is what the Pharisees taught. Or maybe if you just picked up a sword and caused the revolution, the kingdom of God would come that way as the zealots would sometimes try to do. There were lots of ways in the first century that Jews were trying to bring about the kingdom of God. And Jesus calls all of those ways into question and says, if you want to bring about the kingdom of God, follow me, for I have come to bring the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come in the person of Jesus, and Jesus shows us what the kingdom of God looks like. That's why we can't simply be warned about the wolves because they're trying to bring about the kingdom of God in their own way. They're trying to lead Israel in ways that are not the ways of God. And you will know them. How? What does is, what is Jesus say? You'll know them by their fruit. They're going to tell you that wealth equals the kingdom of God or that violence can somehow bring about the kingdom of God. They're going to tell you that if you're just holy and keep yourself hemmed in and away from everybody, that'll bring the kingdom of God. None of that works. For you see, the kingdom of God, if you go and read through chapters 5, 6, and 7, and by the way, that's your homework for this week, the kingdom of God is about love. The kingdom of God is not violence. The kingdom of God is not about uh, storing up for yourselves wealth on earth. The kingdom of God isn't about trying to put yourself in places of prestige and honor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who suffer for righteousness' sake. Jesus will go on and say in those chapters, you've heard it said, but I say, 
and he'll lay out a whole list of things for you to follow. The wolves are those who try to bring about the kingdom of God in their own image and likeness. And you'll know them only if, only if you know the ways of Christ. Jesus is contrasting not the sheep and the wolves. He's contrasting the wolves teaching with the teaching that he gave you in the gospels. That's why we have to know the word of God. That's why we have to familiarize ourselves with the scriptures. That's why we shouldn't just take bits of scripture and just read little bits of it, but we should read large sections of it so that we who are the sheep of God can stay close to the shepherd. Because our job as sheep isn't to deal with the wolves. It's to know our shepherd's voice so that when he calls us, we can be close to him. Because there's one thing that the shepherd does for us besides feed us. He deals with the wolves himself. So don't worry about the wolves or what happens to the wolves or any of those things. Familiarize yourself with the teachings of Christ. Go read what Jesus actually was teaching those Israelites, those Jews who had gathered around him at the foot of the mountain so that you could hear the voice of Jesus and know him when he calls and draw close to him in your lives and then let him deal with the wolves when they come and try to take you away. Because there's one thing that we can be assured of that the one who conquered the devil in the wilderness will never allow a wolf to come near us if we stay close to him. This is the message that we have in the gospel today. The radical message of false prophets and teachers who want to do kingdom of God their own way. And the message of Christ, the one who comes preaching with authority, with truth, and with the spirit of God. May we all continue to grow in our knowledge of those things of Christ. And may we continue to grow in our love for Christ. The glory of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.